0: hello americans hello south dakotans welcome to the dakota rustler show aiming to keep america its citizens and minds free now here's your host daryl root hello welcome to the dakota rustler show this is episode number 76 it also marks episode number 50 in video edition and live stream number one so hopefully there are no major glitches although i already saw one the one that was listed on youtube didn't start oh what do you do all right so goes life yeah where is this show made hey like joe biden said i got two words for you made in america (laughs) i couldn't believe that when i saw that videotape Uh, my usual shout out to danheim also, I want to show you my Patreon page. You can join and support this show for as little as $2 a month, which gets you just general support all the way up to the $10 a month Rustler membership. There will be all sorts of benefits coming with that, so please consider doing that. Alright, we got a lot of things to talk about, so let's just get right to it and do Tidbits. Danielle Smith, the incoming premier of Canada's main oil-producing province, Alberta, has set the stage for battle with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau with plans to push back against federal laws. Good for her. The less centralized government is, the better. She claimed that Alberta will no longer ask permission from Ottawa to be prosperous and free, and that we will not have our resources landlocked or our energy phased out of existence by a virtue-seeking minister. Alberta is home to Canada's vast oil sands and the world's third largest crude reserves, and includes some of Canada's top oil and gas companies however if they operate like they do here in the states the federal government gives all sorts of payments to all the providences provinces and basically bribes them you either do this or you don't get your federal money so we'll see how successful she is in that her idea is a little bit like what we're doing here in the united states with marijuana laws the states are passing them while the federal government still deems it Illegal at the federal level, although Biden, to his credit, did pardon a bunch of federal possessing charges. Number two, New York City Mayor Eric Adams declared a state of emergency last Friday in response to 17,000 plus migrants busted a city since April from U.S. southern border states such as Texas, Florida, and Arizona. The city expects to spend $1 billion to manage the influx of migrants. The Republican governors of these states are trying to put a spotlight on record crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border in run-up to this year's midterm elections. Chicago and the den of corruption, oh, 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 excuse me, excuse me, d c washington d c have also been targeted for immigrant relocation. Even the democratic controlled city of El Paso has bus- bused roughly seven thousand migrants to New York since late August. This is a great thing these Republican governors are doing. Taking immigrants from their state, putting them right into D.C., putting them right into New York, send them to San Francisco, Chicago, and all these other Democratic strongholds that think unlimited immigration is ideal. Even President Clinton was against unlimited immigration. So, yeah, there you have it. Number three, voters in five states will decide whether to legalize adult use of marijuana in November's elections. 19 other states have already done so. President Biden, as I said earlier, recently announced the pardoning of thousands of people who had been convicted of federal marijuana possession. The five states are Arkansas, Maryland, Missouri, North Dakota, and South Dakota, which is where I live and already have voted to do so. Here in South Dakota, it's kind of a do-over. We voted for it two years ago. It passed by, I think, a 55 to 45% margin, more than what I thought it would. However, the governor started playing politics. She challenged it on a technicality that it was unconstitutional. It also South Dakota's kind of narrowed the definition in the law hoping that this time when it passes because I'm confident it will, it won't be overturned. Ballot referendums are also on slate for 2023 and 2024 in places such as Florida, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. Polls show a majority of Americans favor legalization with 60% of respondents believing the drugs should be legal while only 27% disagreed and said it should be illegal. The rest, I assume, had a who-cares attitude. Number four... Most of us have heard about Hurricane Ian hitting the Florida coast just recently down around Tampa Bay and Fort Myers and inland a little bit, resulting in an estimated 42 to $57 billion of damage. Beyond the obvious damage, there's also a separate crisis that could reach an apex over the next decade, and that is the state's residents are running out of ways to get insurance. Coastal building and corresponding property values in the state have exploded in recent years, almost tripling in the past decade, which is more than double the national rate. And, of course, obviously it makes insurance more expensive and harder to get. In fact, the average home premium in the state is $4,200 plus, about three times the American mean which obviously would be about 1400 and that, quite honestly, is pretty much what I pay. Many big insurers left the state decades ago, which left smaller insurers to carry the risk, and many of them simply can't do so. They're going out of business, filing for bankruptcy, so insurance is getting harder to get. Only 18% of Florida homes have flood insurance. It estimates... Estimates of insured losses from Hurricane Eon will range from 52 to $57 billion, as I stated earlier, and does not include non-insured damages or losses paid out by the National Flood Insurance Program. Number five, they did it to Huawei. They did it to Russia. Who is they and what did they do? Well, the who's the United States and what they are doing is targeting technology exports. The latest occurrence is going after China's advanced computing and supercomputer industry. How? Well, a little-known rule that enables the US regulators to extend their technology export control powers far beyond America's borders to transition between foreign countries and China and I think I missed the word in there but anyway the provision called the foreign direct product rule was first introduced in 1959 to control trading of US technologies it essentially says that if a product was made using American technology the US government has the power to stop it from being sold wherever whenever by whoever including foreign countries well last friday u.s officials applied the rule after expanding it to include u.s tools not just technology but tools to china's advanced computing and supercomputer industry to stop it supposedly from obtaining advanced computing chips but hey they're so good at stealing tech, they've been doing it so long, we never catch them, we never really punish them, so will this even make a difference? And of course, as I've said before, the devil is always in the details. Almost all chip factories contain critical tools from U.S. suppliers. You know, this whole thing is almost like me saying you can't install flooring if you bought your tools from me, Are you what technology from me or i gave you advice you know it's ridiculous i mean i agree that china needs to be corralled but i don't know if this is the way to do it the u.s has been cautious about using the rules it can drag foreign companies into the process and it can also create friction with allies who may disagree with our application of the law U.S. officials claim the use of the revamp rule will stop advanced chip use in Chinese supercomputers, which can be used to develop nuclear weapons and other military applications. Well, with their military buildup that they got going now, I don't see how this is going to stop. They're doing a pretty good job already. They also stated, quote, they will have to develop their own manufacturing technologies, unquote, which means it could take China five to ten years to catch up to today's technology. As I just said, not the way they steal it, it won't. And with that, it's time to take a break. I'll be back in 50 seconds. Just a reminder, this show is available in places such as iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, YouTube, and Telegram. In addition, you may have saw me drinking out of my mug a little bit earlier. This is the new Dakota Rustler mug, 20 ounces, stainless steel It's got a clear lid, if you can see that, with a little slider to open and close the opening. Forgive me, I'm going to take a drink. Ah, nothing like some good cold water. So let's get to the main topic social media censorship. Let's start off by going back to the 1950s. A gentleman by the name of Eliezer Smith owned a bookstore and was accused of selling erotic material despite him unknowingly doing so. Somebody bought a book, it was erotic, he had never read it, he had no idea what was in it, and he was basically accused of selling erotic material. Eventually this went, I don't know if it was the state Supreme Court, I think it was the U.S. Supreme Court, And it was challenged, as I said, with the court stating it would be unreasonable for a bookstore owner to read and censor everything that goes to his or her store, especially if it's just a miscellaneous book with an innocent title that wouldn't make you think there's anything about it that would be erotic, versus, say, a penthouse magazine which has scantily clad women on the front, and everybody pretty much knows what penthouse was, you know, is. Fast forward to the 1990s internet when the law has been implied to state, and I quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or the speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. This goes back to when CompuServe and Prodigy ruled this service provider industry. CompuServe took a hands-off approach they didn't censor anything they just let out there whatever was put out there while prodigy employed moderators to validate the content i assume they were trying to make it a little more family friendly well this kind of led the courts to validate between the newspaper printer versus the newspaper stand analogy or the publisher versus the distributor and this was important at the time due to pornography starting to go from paper and mail order movies to an online presence you know somebody who's operating a newsstand with all sorts of papers and magazines they can't possibly read everything in there whereas the publisher of each of these newspapers the publishers of each of these magazines they know what's in there they're editing it to put out a final product so they should be responsible whereas the distributor should not the general theory is that distributors as i just said can't reasonably know what everything that they sell contains while publishers should know everything that goes into their product and or service Why is this important today? Well, Congress is planning on revisiting Section 230, which all of this falls under. So what's going to happen? This is really targeted at places like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all these other large social media giants. You know, does their censorship of user content make them an active editor of posted content, or doesn't it? You know, people are being kicked off Twitter all the time. They're being kicked off YouTube. They're being kicked off Facebook. These people are taking a, well, these companies are taking a moderator role, which means they could be, in theory, found responsible for what goes out. And if they are ruled responsible, would that open up lawsuits for allowing content that someone may misinterpret In order to do harmful things that being the case giants like Facebook could be sued to the point of pulling out of social media you know if they've got to defend themselves against thousands or tens of thousands of lawsuits saying that they're responsible when they may have no idea what was put out there they could just decide not to do business, and that would totally change the way the internet works. Can you imagine no more Google, no more Facebook, or a heavily restricted Google on Facebook and Twitter? You know, Google and Twitter were sued when uh, YouTube and Twitter recommend. well, I guess YouTube recommended an ISIS recruiting video to a person who killed a U.S. citizen in a 2015 Paris attack, you know, a terrorist attack. So they were basically said, well, you recommended this video to somebody. He went out, killed somebody. You're responsible because you recommended this to him. So even recommendations, a lot of people on Facebook, YouTube, they love the recommendations because it allows them to see what they want to see. Well, that could get eliminated, everybody. In addition, does banning controversial content simply make those who produce such content go underground where it becomes harder to enforce? If you drive all these illicit websites into what's called the black web and other dark corners of the internet universe, it's going to become harder to enforce what these people are doing that is wrong so we need to consider that too i mean tech is great everybody i love tech and i also hate it why because it can be used for evil i believe companies should make a good faith effort to censor blatantly illegal activities and allow each reader to determine the things that are controversial what they want to read and believe no matter how stupid and allow people to censor what their children see. This all goes back to responsibility. Parents need to be parents need to be responsible for what their children see. As I said, you know, if something's blatantly illegal, if something's blatantly pornographic, it should be you know censored so that kids at least cannot access it. But to censor things that are controversial, I don't like extreme right beliefs i don't like extreme left beliefs but i still want to see them i want to know what other people are thinking and i want to be able to take both sides and come to my own logical conclusion as to what i believe something should be so with that it's getting to be that time we're going to call it a podcast till then you know the mantra question authority and always be free